It may be the most addictive toy in history, and it's definitely the hottest thing this Christmas. On episode 477 of Nintendo Switchcraft, I met Reggie. Your thoughts on Pokemon, Switch, Lite, and Animal Crossing. Those stories and more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. is brought to you live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. On Saturdays, however, I record a show. Sometimes it's live, sometimes it's not. Today it's not. I record a show that is all about what you want me to talk about on Saturdays. I use the hashtag on Twitter, AskRJS. That's A-S-K-R-J-S. That's the hashtag on Twitter. I also get comments from our community Discord server, which you can join over at runjumpstomp.com slash discord this episode of switchcraft is made possible by patrons like you get switchcraft and my other content ad free for as little as a dollar by joining the patreon over at patreon.com slash run jump stomp all right let's get started Rogers sega's arcade game now a home video game from parker brothers the ones to beat all right um yeah i met reggie reggie fils he was doing a discussion over at cornell university which is a little more than two hours away from my house. So I got in the car, I drove down there, I sat in the audience and listened to him talk about his life and his philosophy. And I have to say, he is a very, very captivating speaker. And uh, it was very interesting the whole time, even though he wasn't really talking about Nintendo stuff very much. Mostly he was talking about why he made the decisions that he made in business, he started out as uh, as a guy who was focused on business and finance, and he ends up working at one of the biggest video game companies in the world because he decides that he has these life principles and he uses them to guide where he goes throughout his life. And I thought that it was a very, very interesting uh, very interesting way of thinking about stuff. And it was uh, very interesting, even though it was not necessarily about video games. So he he did say something very, very uh, cool that uh, he's writing a book. He actually has, he wrote, uh, I guess, what's called a, a book proposal. And he showed it to some people and they said, that's a great speech, but it's not a book. So he went back to the drawing board and, you know, he wrote a second book proposal and now he's shopping that around for a, uh, somebody who is, uh, interested in helping him publish that, uh, you know, trying to find a literary agent, which will then lead to a publisher, which will then lead to books on the shelf that we can see and buy. And, uh, he said, basically it's about his life principles and, you know, how he uses that how he kind of very similar to what he talked about in the, in the discussion uh, up on stage at uh, Cornell university. Anyway, he was really, really cool. At the end of the night, uh, I walked up to him and, you know, he reached out and shook my hand 
and I handed him my my business card, which had my podcast information on it. I said, hey, Reggie, uh, big fan of yours. I host a Nintendo show called Nintendo Switchcraft. If uh, I would love to have you on as as a uh, as a guest. And uh, he, he asked a couple of questions about like where I was based out of and he seemed interested, but there was a really, really long line behind me and I didn't want to hold people up. So uh, I simply said, if uh, if that's something that can happen, then get a hold of me. You've got my card. And I let him get on his way because I knew that he had to get on a plane uh, fairly early in the morning. Uh, but he was just really, really warm, really nice and uh, extremely interesting to talk to. Talk to. And uh, I hope I hope that I hear from him. I tweeted out uh, a tweet, which you can find in the show notes over at runjumpstomp.com. This is episode 477. Or you can just find it on uh, on my 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 Twitter feed. But I tweeted out to him that it was great to meet him, and I hope to hear from him soon. And you know, the more likes and retweets that that particular tweet gets, the more likely I think that that is to happen. I'm sure that he gets a lot of people tweeting at him, but uh, he, it, it may help surface it more if you guys go out and like that tweet and retweet that tweet and get people to see it. Uh, because. I would love to be able to have him on the show, both this show and 143 Pixels. Anyway, let's move on. I've got a lot of comments from you guys. I just wanted to say it was awesome to meet Reggie. And a uh, big thank you to him and Cornell University for making that happen. He's he's just a really awesome guy. All right. I asked you earlier this week on February 12th, I said, do you think the price of Pokemon Home is too high or... Is it just right? And 77.6% of you said it is too high. Let's go to the replies. Uh, Matt, a.k.a. Kodiak, says, For all the services we're getting as part of it, and the fact that it's not limited to the Switch app, you can do Pokemon stuff on the go. It ties so many generations of games together again. It's finally a true national dex. And I feel like that's Kodiak's way of saying that he feels the price is just right. 22.4% of people said it was just right. Charles Kendall says, I bought the game, but haven't started it really. Seeing them come across greedy has made me kind of lose interest in really getting into Pokemon on the Switch. I don't know that it's greedy. I just think that the price is a little too high. Um, uh, the, the Granson plays... Uh, says, I think it would have been a good gesture if Nintendo bundled it in with their online service, especially considering the fact that we aren't getting a steady monthly release of Super Nintendo and NES games, nor have we be, have we been getting quality Super Nintendo and NES games. I can understand why you would say that, uh, the, Grayson, uh, the Granson plays, but I have to point out that Nintendo owns one-third of the Pokemon company. They don't own the Pokemon company outright. So this is actually like a decision by the Pokemon company, not by Nintendo themselves. But I do understand your point. Uh, So uh, again, most people thought that the price was too high. Maybe Nintendo will listen. Maybe they will lower that price. Maybe, or not Nintendo, I mean... Um, <laughs> the Pokemon company. Anyway, uh, my next question that I asked, this was on February 10th. I said, 
if there are microtransactions in Animal Crossing New Horizons, will that stop you from playing it? Reply with your reasons. Now, the reason I asked this question was because uh, there was rumors, there were rumors, let's use proper grammar there, there were rumors that Animal Crossing New Horizons ha was going to have in-game purchases. Since then, we have seen that in-game purchases is not listed on the ESRB site for Animal Crossing New Horizons, so... I think it's safe to assume at this point that there probably won't be in-game in purchases on that, which means no microtransactions. At the end of the day, I think that's great. Here's what everybody else thought. Um, I asked, will it stop you from buying it if there are microtransactions? 61.3% of you said, no, it won't stop me. And 38.7% said, yes, it will stop me. Uh, Steve H and H on Twitter says it's more complicated than yes or no. If it has microtransactions that equate to pay to win, then I'm done. Like if they sell a way to clean up weeds faster, I'll bow out. Cosmetic stuff you can buy just never bothers me. And I can understand that. But at the same time, the point of Animal Crossing is kind of doing stuff to get that cosmetic stuff. So if you could just pay to get that cosmetic stuff, it kind of pulls the fun out of it, especially if Nintendo designs it so that it's annoying enough to try and get that stuff to incentivize people to pay the microtransaction fee. Now, that being said, let's see what other people said. Charles McFall says, yes, it will stop me, mostly because I don't know what Animal Crossing is and have never played any of them. But, you know, raw bandwagon, you know, sure. OK, Charles, if you guys don't know who Charles is, he is um, a host on the Giant Size Team Up Network. So make sure that you check out their shows or our other shows, I mean over at gstu.net. Seth S. Scott, who is the creator of Membrane on the Nintendo Switch, replied, he says, definitely not, but I hope there isn't. I'm down for DLC, but really, really hoping to keep the mobile-esque elements to mobile. And I agree with that. Mark Miller replied, I believe in my heart that Nintendo won't ruin this IP with an obnoxious microtransaction experience. I'm fine with them included as long as they aren't necessary. And we'll do two more because this this one got a lot of replies. Um, Christopher Manzella says, I will be shocked if Animal Crossing has microtransactions in the way of paying real-world dollars for furniture or other items directly. It probably is more likely that there will be DLC packs for new areas or expansions, maybe, Pokemon, maybe like Pokemon is doing. Now, that I'm perfectly fine with, and I completely agree with, with Christopher here. However, having that removed from uh, having the in-game purchases no longer listed on the ESRB site makes a lot of people assume that that'll never happen. And I don't think that's true. They could patch it down the road, have that added on to the ESRB site later, and then start selling those D that DLC at, uh, at, at some point later in time. All right, we'll do one more reply and uh, again, this one comes from Twitter. It says, uh, TV's Casey says, I basically already bought Amiibo cards to get my favorite villagers. Having that option or something similar in game would be great. Also, it's a single player experience. The entire game is cosmetic. There's no advantage to be had. 
And they make a good point there. It's really a single-player experience. There's no competitive nature to the game at all. Uh, It's just, you know, you work on your mortgage and, you know, you borrow bells in order to buy stuff and build stuff. And then you have to earn bells in order to pay off your loan so that you can get a bigger loan so that you can buy and build more stuff. It's a, a very addictive and incredibly fun loop. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll hear from a sponsor. When we get back, we're going to talk about the Switch Lite. Stick around. So if you bought a Switch Lite, was it your first Nintendo Switch or were you replacing one? That was the question that I asked back on February 10th. And I have to say, this is way, way closer than I anticipated. Um, So... I said, uh, uh, if you bought the Switch Lite, was it your first or were you replacing one? Um, 47.1% of people said that the Lite was their first Switch and 52.9% said that the Lite replaced an old Switch. This is a very different um, uh, breakout than what Nintendo had said. Nintendo said specifically that they expected or that that they had data that said that 30% of switch lights were new and why is this data so so skewed differently well a they have a much larger sample size than i do b my sample size is very self selecting my sample size or or uh, my sample is very self selecting because my sample are a bunch of super uh hardcore nintendo fans that listen to a Nintendo podcast. So the 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 fact that the light replaced an old switch is 52%. That doesn't surprise me because a lot of people who would listen to my show would have all, all, of course had a switch right off the bat. Anyway, let's see what people said. Uh Blitzkrieg2121 on Twitter said it's in my second device here. I really like it for couch playing or for quick sessions when traveling. Uh, Nerdtron64 replied, they said, I've got one for my wife, same thing. I showed her the ad and she said she wanted one. Um, Trevious, 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 I don't know how to say your name, man. Uh, He says, we got a second one for my daughter so she could use the original Switch for Pokemon on the TV. No, okay, I, I misread that. It says, we've got a second one so my daughter could use the original Switch for Pokemon on the TV, her preferred setup, and I could play handheld, my preferred setup. You know, there's something to be said about the Nintendo Switch in the, the way that it allows people to play the games that they want to play the way that they want to play them. I personally prefer to play docked almost all the time. My son, however, almost only docks his Switch to charge it. I never, ever see him playing his Nintendo Switch up on the TV. I don't know why that is, but that's what he does. He almost never docks it except to charge it. And for me, mine's almost always in the dock unless I'm taking it out of the dock to go to another room to dock it again. So everybody uses theirs very, very differently. In fact, I'm going to put out a tweet. Let's go ahead and tweet right now. 
Okay, so I just sent out a tweet. It says, do you play your Nintendo Switch mostly docked or mostly handheld? Reply with your reasons, and I'll talk about it next week on Switchcraft Saturday. And there's three choices, docked, handheld, and my Switch is a light. So if you want to reply and uh, let me know what you think and let, of course, all of the listeners know what you think, that's super easy to do. I'm Run Jump Stomp on Twitter. Follow me right there. You can start voting and you can reply with your reasons. In fact, somebody already started voting while I'm uh, typing this or uh, saying this. I'm not typing anything. I'm talking. Bill, what's wrong with you? Nobody knows. All right. Speaking of Twitter, you can ask a question uh, using the hashtag AskRJS on Twitter. Leonard Strauss sent in a message. They said, do you and your family plan on seeing Sonic the Hedgehog? I personally really enjoyed it. And Jim Carrey was hilarious in a way that made me really nostalgic for the 90s. Would love to hear your take. Um, I don't know. I'm sure that it, I mean, my my family, we love to go to the movies. And we just so happen to be on vacation this week. So we're going to be home a lot, meaning that we're going to have some extra time. So we may actually do it. Now, I've got uh, my wife and I have dentist appointments on Monday. We've got a bunch like Monday is a crazy day. We're going to be very, very busy. So we definitely won't go that day. But I'm going to try and maybe talk her into going to the movies. We I want to see a couple of movies. I want to see Birds of Prey. I know it's getting bad reviews. I don't care. Not every movie has to be Return of the King. Not every movie has to have somebody whispering Rosebud at the end. Some movies are just fun, stupid popcorn movies, and I love doing that. Like so that so I want to go see Birds of Prey and I want to go see Sonic the Hedgehog. Both for the same reason. My expectations for both movies are very, very low. And uh I, I'm a fan of Ben Schwartz. I liked him a lot on um uh, Parks and Rec, so I I, I want to see him there. And I was recently listening to the ID10T podcast with Chris Hardwick, and Ben Schwartz was on there, and uh, the, he he just seems like a really nice guy. So I, I want to watch that movie, and I can't wait to see it. All right, moving on. Joe Barrett sent in a tweet. They said, "Hey, Bill, of these Nintendo franchises, all right, are you guys ready? You got a pen and paper to write these down? Here we go. Of these Nintendo franchises, which do you think?" has the best chance to be brought back and which one would you most like to see return here are the here here's the 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 options here are you ready f0 pilot wings 1080 snowboarding or wave race so of those games which ones do you think has the best chance of coming back and which one do you think or which one do you want to come back the most and for me the same answer is the answer is the same for both of them f0 I love F Zero. I I um I adore the original on Super Nintendo. That game is amazing. The music is amazing. Uh, it, it controls like a dream, and I, I'm a huge huge fan of F Zero on the Super Nintendo. I don't know that I I know that I played F Zero GX. I think it is on whatever platform it was on at the time. I'm going to assume it was an N64, and I remember really liking it, but it just wasn't as good. It wasn't as it wasn't as awesome as F Zero on the Super NES. Now, 1080 snowboarding never played. I'm not a snow. The only snowboarding game that I ever really enjoyed was um, SSX Tricky. Uh, I loved that game, and 1080 snowboarding just never got under my skin. Wave Race, 
I didn't care about. And pilot wings, I never owned. So for me, F-Zero is the clear winner. And I, I really hope that it do, that we do get a new F-Zero game. And uh, I'm curious what you all think. Remember that these uh, tweets are all in the show notes over at runjumpstomp.com. This is episode 477. So you can follow a link to Joe Barrett's tweet, and then you can reply to him and uh, let everybody know what you think. All right, Gareth Oldman says, do you think we'll see a switch port of Final Fantasy 13? The game was trashed for being linear and repetitive, but I think it'll work as a portable title. Playing it on the go with in one to two hour stints would avoid the boredom setting in. I still think the story and the soundtrack are awesome. Thanks. All right. I'm going to tell you the same thing that I've said about Final Fantasy 13 for years. The tutorial is terrible linear and about 50 hours long and then once you get out of the tutorial the rest of the game opens up and it turns into a really really great game now i never finished it because my xbox 360 died and that's the game that i was playing it or the system that i was playing it on so uh i i after 50 hours of tutorial i was i said no thank you i was done i wasn't going to go back and do that all again even though I bought it again on Steam. Now, do I think it'll get a port to the Nintendo Switch? Maybe. It depends on how big of a file size that game has. So I just looked it up, and according to uh, Kotaku, the Steam version of Final Fantasy XIII has a footprint of 60 gigs. That's pretty huge. Now, can that be shrunk down? Possibly. There's a lot of optimization that can happen that usually doesn't on PC hardware because storage really isn't that big of an issue on a PC as it is on a console, especially the Nintendo Switch that only has 32 gigabytes of storage. However, 60 gigabytes is pretty huge, and that's going to be difficult, very difficult to get down too far, especially for a game that was widely panned. That being said, while the game was widely panned, it did it did well enough that Square Enix threw enough money after it in order to bring out two more uh, sequels to Final Fantasy XIII, uh, Final Fantasy XIII Two, and then Final Fantasy XIII Lightning Returns. So, look, Square Enix. They are working on bringing back all of their old Final Fantasy games, and I would not be surprised, even a little, if Final Fantasy Thirteen made a reprisal on PS4, Xbox One, Stadia, PC. Well, it's already on PC. Uh, now, getting it down to fit on a Switch is tough, but I do think that Gareth has a really good point about the idea that taking a game like this on the go is really the ideal way to play it. So uh, I, I like the idea, and only time will tell. Good question. Uh, not not anybody had brought that up before, so I like that one a lot. Uh, Sparky, who is a community member of our Discord, he asked in the Discord, Hey, Bill, just an idea for a topic for your Saturday chat episode. What games on the Switch have genuinely made you feel afraid? I've been playing The Count of Lucanor with headphones on, and I can honestly say I have felt afraid in places. The sound production and effects are amazing. Really creepy. And it doesn't help that you are wandering around with a candle with limited lighting range, not knowing what's around the corner. Although you can hear the enemies creeping around, 
and the graphic style is 16-bit pixel art, and it's still scary. Great game. Picked it up for 89 pence on the eShop deal of the day last week. Best, Sparky. All right, well, thank you very much for the question, Sparky. Now, I have not played this on the Nintendo Switch. However, I've been told that the Nintendo Switch version is the definitive version of this game, and that would be my favorite horror game that I have ever played. Are you ready? I don't think you're ready. Everybody who listens to my show on a regular basis knows exactly what game I'm about to say. All right? Sit there. You're listening to this. Maybe somebody's in the car with you. Turn to the turn to their, your friend and tell them the game that you think I'm going to say. That's right. Alien Isolation. It is my favorite horror game of all time. It is probably somewhere in my top 10 games of all time. It is incredible, atmospheric, terrifying, and really, really well done. Now, I have not played it on the Switch. I played it on PC, and I played it on PS4. And it is an amazing game. If you haven't picked it up yet, pick it up. And from what I understand, the Switch version is the definitive port. So there you go. Um, I love, love, love that game. It's so good. And uh, it's a shame that we're not going to get any more of those. Anyway, Alien Isolation, scariest game I've ever played. If you have a very, very scary game that you want everybody to know about, use the hashtag AskRJS on Twitter and let us know what's your favorite scary game. In fact, I'm going to tweet out right now so that you can just reply. There we go. So I just tweeted it out. So now all you have to do is reply to the tweet. All right. If you want to become a part of the community, and you should, there's over a thousand people in our Discord. Go to runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. You can also watch the show when I record it live over at my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You can watch the YouTube videos by joining us over on YouTube, youtube.com slash runjumpstomp. And you can reach out to me on Twitter. Use that hashtag AskRJS. This show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information, make sure that you head on over to gstu.net. The music that you are hearing right now is Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. It's awesome. You're awesome. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.